All right, welcome to the Simple Ways to Have a Good Life podcast. My name is James, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people create the life they want as a social worker, a counselor, a meditation teacher, and most recently as a life coach. And this is where I just take everything that I've learned in that time, and I try to share it with you. Today, we are continuing a series that I'm thinking of calling, um, I get where you're coming from, and those are good ideas, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, based on the feedback I've gotten from people. So this whole series came from, I guess it was a few episodes ago, I talked about the 10 things that had really made a difference in my life. And I'm kind of going through the ones that got a response from people and uh, just kind of looking at them more in depth. So we've talked about cold showers. We've talked about ditching social media. Today, we are talking about dethroning your phone. And it's another one that I, I hear from people. They say, I know that's a good idea. I know my phone's a problem but it's not something I'm willing to address. It's not something that I know how to address. So today we're going to talk about some of the problems I see with the with just the omnipresence of phones in our lives. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my relationship with my phone and just some things I've done that have made me a lot happier. So full disclosure, I have a phone. I have an iPhone and I use it every single day. I've really wanted to get rid of it from time to time. I've really thought about ditching it. There's this thing called the light phone that I think it has like texting and phone calls and that's it. And I really, I would really love to live a life where I can use a phone like that, but mine does too much for me. It's how I do. I mean, I keep notes on it. It's how I do my billing. It's, uh, there's just so many apps that save us so much time and so much energy these days that I'm not anti-phone at all. So you'll notice this isn't about, you know, get rid of your phone, you know, move into the woods and, you know, sit by waterfalls. It's not about that. My primary concern with our phones is just the centralized role that they have taken in our lives. And like like our time and our attention and our energy is limited. It's not infinite. And so if we give a lot of our time and attention and energy to one thing, we are taking it away from other things. That's just the way it works. And our phones have become that one thing in so many ways. And so that's what this episode is all about. We're going to take a look at what those things are and what we can maybe do about them. So like I said, the presence of our phones has become so heavy and so overwhelming that, you know, they've done studies and especially younger people, like they feel anxious if they don't have their phone with them. They feel anxious if they don't check their phone every so often. I mean, if you want to see like a lazy person get active, make them realize they don't know where their phone is. And, and, you know, to some extent I get this, like I said, you know, it's our notes, it's our texting, it's our phone calls that there's so many things in our phone, but we've, we've actually, I think developed a really unhealthy emotional attachment to our phones as well, to where I think we're starting to see them as an extension of us. And you see this, I mean, you, you, this makes sense. We, we've outsourced our memory to them. You know, they hold, you know, they have our pictures, they have our conversations, they have our social media presence, which is such a big thing these days that it kind of makes sense. But I'm also not sure that that's a good thing either, just because, I don't know, they're inanimate objects. They can never, they can never really be part of us. They will never be able to respond to us or reciprocate all this love and attention that we're showing them. And so that's, I think the number one thing that that gets me about phones is just how they are everywhere all the time. Uh, You know, as, as I, I still do a little bit of couples work, but not a lot, but in almost every couple I've ever worked with, 
the the presence of the phone has come up because our phones have gotten to be a thing where we don't pay attention to anybody else. I, I see this all the time. Like I said, it was brought up frequently in in couples counseling, and I think it's telling that it would be like 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 one person would say like, well, he's on his phone all the time, or she's on her phone, and they say, well, you're on your phone all the time. I've never had one where somebody said, you know, they're on their phone all the time. And the other person was able to say they didn't do the same. In fact, I hear it as a retaliation a lot. Well, he's on his phone. So I just, I pick mine up and I start scrolling through. Next time you're out and about anywhere, look at the people around you when you drive. Like when you're moving at 80 miles an hour in, in this giant, like steel contraption that can like shred people to pieces in, 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 in the blink of an eye. Look around you and see how many people are on their phone while they're driving. Look and see how many people in just in a food court or in a restaurant are on their phones, even though they're there with their friends. In a waiting room, everybody's on their phone. And I think the time that this really makes me sad is when I see people who have their kids with them and their kids, either like young kids, either have their own phone or the kid is like trying to get their attention and the person keeps just going back to their phone. And so they'll look up from their phone briefly and, you know, address something with the kid and go right back to their phone. Like, I just, I don't know what kind of message that's sending our kids where it's like, uh, you know, my, well, my phone gets the bulk of my attention and I'm going to throw you a bone every, every so often. And um, I read a study a while back that said that like toddlers have learned how to time their, their bids for attention to when the parents look away from the phone. You know, and the thing is, like every person I talk to has an excuse for why they do this. Well, it's for work or, well, I just, uh, you know, I was having, it was an important conversation I was having by text or I needed to look this up um, or just, you know, I work all day and I'm tired and I just want to relax and look at my phone for a while. I don't really, I don't really care what the excuse is. The fact of the matter is that like we are so locked into these things that we've gotten to be where we just don't even pay attention to anyone else or anything else. and. That like we're not wired that way as a species. It's not good for us. It's not good for the people around us. And it's definitely not good for our kids to feel like they're competing with these with these little you know rectangles that they don't even understand. They just know that that little rectangle gets a lot of our time and attention. I see people becoming unable to be bored, unable to be present because their mind is always pulled back to the phone to wondering like, how can you really be present if you're wondering if you have a text or an email or, you know, a snap or whatever it is that's taking your attention. You're never really present if the mind is always wanting to go back to something. You know, they did a, they did another study where I think they let students take a test with their phones on their desk and that they, they could not focus on the test. They kept going back to the phone the scary thing is that they took the students' phones away, and then if the person at the front of the class, like the teacher, if they had a phone on their desk, the students were drawn to looking at it over and over. Like these things have just captured our attention in a way that nothing else has, and that's really that's really just kind of that, that's concerning. That's concerning, especially since so many kids these days have their own phone. And they constantly, you know, so they're building that, they're building that constant relationship with it from a very early age. You know, I'm 43. I don't, you know, I didn't have a smartphone. Yeah, I think Barbara got me my first one. It was a Blackberry. I mean, I really liked that one. had like a little keyboard. That one was rad. Um, But it didn't do all that much as far as going online and, you know, things like that. 
I don't remember when I got my first iPhone, but I've been married for 14 years. So it had to be, you know, maybe in the last 10 or 12 years. So I was in my 30s before this became part of my life. And and I'm 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 pretty used to having mine. Like as I consciously change my relationship with my phone, I do leave it, you know, I forget it sometimes, things like that. For but for a very long time, I didn't quite know what to do if I didn't have my phone. So but th- that happened in my mid-30s. Imagine what's going on with kids who have this happening, who have this, who are starting this when they're, I don't know, four and five years old. You know, it's just to them, these are going to seem like a normal part of life. They're going to seem like the phone is going to seem like it's an indispensable part of life. And that's, that's just really strange to me that that does not seem to be great for us as a species. You know, the, 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 the thing about that, apart from the lack of attention, but what concerns me about it is the constant stimulation. You know, I I talk to people all the time who are incredibly anxious, who are very worried about so many different things. And then I find out, well, they got news alerts coming to their phone every few minutes. So they've they've got doom and fear in their pocket all the time. You know, people, like now people have pornography in their pocket all the time. Um, You know, there was a thing on the, it kind of went viral, but uh, the newscaster, there was an officer that was killed and the newscaster, uh, I don't remember what the lady's name was, but the newscaster said her name was Dee Dee Mega Doodoo. <laughs> that's not her name, that she got it way wrong. But I saw that woman's name come back up and I found out that she was killed. The officer was killed. She got hit in the intersection because the other driver was looking at pornography while he drove. An Amtrak train, I think it was Amtrak, it was a train wreck because the person was looking at porn. When I work with people who have a serious pornography addiction, they talk about looking at porn 15 to 30 times a day. You know, if they have a second, they'll just pull it up and look at some porn. Wherever you stand on the morality or just however you feel about porn, I don't really give a shit. But I don't think that anybody was meant to have it with them all the time. I don't think that it was meant to be something accessible at every moment of every day. Texts, email, all the alerts from social media all the different things that come to us through our phones, they are teaching us to be reactive to them. Notice the next time you're sitting with somebody, their phone makes a noise. Watch how quickly they snatch it up. It's instinctive. It's a reflex at this point to grab that and see what's going on. This kind of constant stimulation, we're not wired for it. We're not wired for it. This, this never being bored, never letting the mind wander. Those are, that's really scary. So many of the great innovations in history and so many just of the good ideas that we have come from times when our minds are not focused on something, where we're just kind of letting them drift. And I just don't know when people get to do that anymore. You know, I'll drive, I'll drive my wife up the wall or my kids up a wall on a trip because I'm, I like driving and I like just driving with no music, no anything. I just, I enjoy letting my mind wander. I think that's what I like about hiking. That's what I like about a lot of the way I'm able to live my life is that I do spend a good amount of time just sitting and thinking and just letting my mind go to wherever it wants to. And that's really, I think there's healing in that. I think there's creativity in that. I think there's inspiration in that. And that is being stolen from so many people at such a young age that I'm not sure they'll even understand it's a possibility, that it's a way to engage the world of just simply letting your mind go where it goes and seeing what's there. And I think that's I think that's tragic. I'm I'm curious to see what the impact on imagination and on things like that are on innovation, on invention. I don't know what that's gonna look like. 
in a world where people don't ever let their mind just drift around. You know, and I say all that, like, like my son has an iPad. He does his schoolwork on his iPad. He plays games on it. He plays games with his cousins and his friends on his iPad. But at one point when I noticed it was getting a little out of hand with him and I took it away for a couple days, after a little bit of resistance, he, he started talking about how much more fun he had playing with his toys and how much he enjoyed just, just letting his mind wander and using his imagination. A lot of times in the car, he'll sit and just stare out the window. And he comes up with really cool questions and really cool stories and really just kind of some funny shit that he says when he's doing that. So we don't have to be engaged all the time. That's not necessary. You know, we talked about social media last week. Social media would not be the problem it is if it wasn't for our phones. Nobody's going to sit down and open their computer to jump on Facebook 50 times a day. But when you're sitting right there in your pocket, you're going to click and open it. You're going to open Instagram. You're going to open TikTok or whatever, whatever dumbass platform we're stuck on at that time. That's what we're going to open. And so this is creating this constant need for validation and likes in people where you are, your, your self-image, your sense of self is constantly out there for other people to offer opinions on. You know, they offer opinions by clicking like, they offer opinions by commenting, but they also do it by not doing those things. And so we're putting ourselves at the mercy of this algorithm and all these different things. And then on top of that, we're creating these echo chambers where our ideas are reinforced. And once again, that would not be such a big problem if we didn't carry this in our pocket with us all the time. You know, the other thing I see so much of these days that it's becoming, uh, it's like it would be laughable if it wasn't kind of scary. It's just the, this thing of like constantly putting our image out there of constantly feeling like all these people are watching us. So this like kind of performative outrage and performative bravery and performative cruelty has become such the norm. And once again, if you had to sit down at your computer and go to a website and type this all in, you'd be so much less prone to do it than when you can just pull out your phone and type up a mean comment to somebody or a comment talking about how much more enlightened you are than everybody else. Like really having these things in our pockets are creating a, an entire society of narcissists and assholes. And that I think that if anybody who pays attention, you see this more and more and more. The, the focus on me the focus on mine and what I think and what my rights are and what I deserve and what I'm entitled to, man, it's just like, like we have that reflected back to us 10,000 times a day. So it makes us seem like us and our ideas and the things we want are so much more important than they are. You know, I like to think about like our ancestors probably saw their own face, you know, like very, very rarely, like maybe in like the water or some shit. We see our face all the time. I'm not just talking about mirrors, but that, that, that mirror, your phone is a mirror. Every time you open it up, you get a glimpse of your face. And that's not counting selfies and checking yourself in your camera and how many other people take pictures of us and then they post them. So then we see them online. Like we see, we are making ourselves into an object constantly, constantly. And it's not turning out well for us. It's not turning out well for us as a species. You know, more and more studies link constant phone use to things like depression and anxiety and you know, even suicidal thoughts and things like that, especially among teenagers. And once again, yes, social media plays a role in that, but I'm going to say it again. I don't think social media would be near the problem it is if we didn't carry it with us 24-7. The other thing I see in phones is just how reliant we've become on them. I talk to a lot of people who can't really even tell you where they live in a town. 
And they can't find their way from one town to another without GPS walking them every step of the way. I guess, you know, maybe that's like an old man thing, but I I think it's good to have some sense of where you live in the larger picture. What concerns me too is that people have an investment in ideas that they cannot place in the larger context of other ideas because they, you know, somebody, I think I probably said this last week, but somebody writes, somebody is an expert on a topic and they write books and journal articles about it. And then there's a person like underneath there who maybe reads some books and stuff. And then they write a blog about it. Somebody reads a blog about it and they turn the blog into a tweet. And then 10,000 people read that tweet and think they understand the concept. They retweet it and then they go out telling other other people about it. They have no understanding of how this fits into the larger universe of ideas and the things that came before and how it relates to other ideas. And so our phones are teaching us just to live with a tunnel vision and everything, tunnel vision where we live, tunnel vision what we think, tunnel vision about our beliefs, and they're in our pocket all the time. So we get the little headlines that come, you know, from the news headlines and the number of people who see the headline and that's as far as they go. That's a really high number of people. So we've got very shallow information being delivered to us all the time on our phones. And this is contributing to just the generalized stupidity that's now becoming divisive and scary in the country that I live in, in the United States. I don't know if it's like that other places, but I have to assume it is because phones and social media and Twitter are everywhere. We are so reliant on our phones that we are accepting just massive invasions of privacy. We're we're giving constant feedback to algorithms to sell us things and to make us buy shit we don't need. We're giving constant feedback to what kind of news stories are going to make us click on more stories on their website. We're giving constant feedback to apps about what keeps us on the app longer so they can sell our data for more money. We're tracked everywhere we go. Your phone has a constant record of not just where you go, but who you're with, and they can cross-reference that. And all of it's meant to sell us more shit that we don't need. But like, it, it's not a stretch to see where the potentially like sinister outcomes are for all of this. You know, I think it was Edward Snowden talking about that we we are we are constantly creating the architecture of oppression and we're all doing it pretty voluntarily. Like we're submitting our data all the time because we carry these phones with us. You know, I get that's probably maybe part of living in a highly technological society, but the thing is is that when you bring this up, we're so attached and so reliant on our phones that we're pretty much just shrug and say, "Meh, okay, whatever. As long as as long as the ads I get are relevant." So those, those are my old man yells at cloud reasons for being concerned with phones. What it really comes down to for me is presence and dependence. Because I see where phones are robbing us of the presence of so many people, of the people we love, the people closest to us, and they are creating such a, just a deep dependence on them. We have such a dependence on them. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not the Unabomber living up in the woods with no technology. I have a phone you're listening to me on a freaking podcast. I'm not I'm not anti-technology. But I have done some things to shift my relationship with my phone. And I think that's an important distinction. You're not bad. Your phone's not bad. You're a human. You're good and bad and selfish and unselfish and amazing and you do really dumb things. We all do that. That's all of us. The phone is just an object. It's it's a neutral object in the world. It's the relationship we have with our phones 
that, that it's that relationship that really determines whether they are helpful or unhelpful, whether, whether our phones are a skillful thing in our lives or an unskillful thing. So the things that I've done to change my relationship with my phone, and I'd encourage you to try it. Just challenge yourself to see if these are things you can, you can try on your phone and see if it doesn't open up a little bit of space in your life to be a little bit happier. Number one is just stop taking your phone everywhere. Leave it in another room. Go to the bathroom without your phone and see if you die. I promise you won't. And if you do die, it won't be because you didn't have your phone. But just start leaving your phone. You don't have to have it with you all the time. Lose track of it sometimes. Bring a book, get a Kindle, do do something else. But you don't have to have your phone with you all the time. It doesn't need to be your number one go-to. You'll find that when you start leaving it, you start to feel, at first it's anxiety inducing. At first you feel like you're like drifting out in space with no line to the, to the spaceship, you know. Um, but before long, you start to recognize that that's freedom. When you start doing that, you start to send a message to people that, hey, I'm not reachable all the time. I'm not, I'm not here to respond to you immediately. And some people struggle with that. You know, I've had people say like, well, what if, you know, what if, what if somebody needs to text you? What if somebody needs to get a hold of you immediately? I'm not that important. Like nobody, nobody needs to get a hold of me right away. Like if somebody, if somebody needs to get a hold of me immediately, like it's like life or death, they need to call 911. Cause I can't, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to fix whatever shit that is that they need me for. In general, you can go to the store and back without your phone and nothing's going to happen. In general, you can leave your phone in another room for a couple hours and nothing's going to go wrong. Like we all lived like this for a very, very long time. I lived, I'm not that old. I'm 43. And I lived a majority of my life not being able to be reached all the time. And it didn't hurt anything. The problem is these days we expect to be able to reach people whenever we want. We've just gotten used to it. It doesn't have to be that way. You'll start to see that there's some freedom in not doing that. Let your mind wander. Let yourself be bored. And see where your mind goes. I often wonder how, how much less we know about ourselves these days because we never take the time to sit and observe ourselves. We never take the time to sit and see where our mind goes. We just never do that unless it's some kind of extreme situation. Let yourself do that a little bit and see what happens. I have some really concrete things on my phone or, or in my relationship with my phone to change it. Um, my, I don't have backgrounds, you know, with the fancy fun backgrounds because those 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 create this attachment to our phone where it's this fun little object and we, you know, we trick it out and we make it more, more ours. You know, we make ourselves more attached to it. So just have black backgrounds, plain white backgrounds, whatever. Put all your apps in one folder. That way you have to search for whatever you want to do. Because I can't tell you how many times I'd be going to do something on my phone. You maybe check my bank account. And along the way, as I'm flipping through page after page after page of dumbass apps that nobody needs, like, oh, I need to check that app. Oh, I need to check that app. Since I've put them all in a folder where I can't see them, I've really found that I don't use 98% of them probably. I have the apps that I use regularly. And all the rest, I, I need to probably just go through and delete a whole bunch of them, to be honest with you. Put them in a folder where you have to choose to go to go find them instead of them just jumping up and saying, hey, look at me. Along with that, no notifications. I don't get any notifications. My phone is on silent and do not disturb literally 100% of the time. I don't like this new update because it keeps taking it off do not disturb and putting it on focus or some shit. I like it on do not disturb all the time. I don't get any of the little numbers that pop up, you know, like to tell me I have messages, phone call, whatever. I have to go check intentionally. I don't keep an email app on my phone. And when I do, 
if I, you know, if I, if I do need to be able to check my email somewhere and I have the app, it doesn't get to tell me to come check it. What I'm really talking about here is reactivity. I choose to go see what's going on on my apps and on my phone. They don't pop up and tell me to do it. And that is a huge difference in your relationship with your phone. I'd say delete all the social media apps. If you're going to be on social media, make yourself go into a browser and go to the website. It, 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 there's such a difference between that. And a lot of times you'll find you're halfway typing out the, the address to go to Facebook and you're like, oh, I just don't care. I just don't care what's on there. And that's a good thing. You don't need to care what's on there. It's wasting your life. All we've got is time. That's all we've got. There's always more money. There's always more of everything except for time. And no matter how much money you have, you can't buy more time. And that's what Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all these other things, all the news sites, that's what they're eating away from you is the one thing you can't get back. Block all notifications from news. Do not saturate yourself in the news. That will only bring you anxiety and it's a bunch of shit that you don't need to know and you have no control over. In fact, block block all the time-wasting websites. If you have an iPhone in the little uh, in the screen time settings, you can you can limit content and you can block websites. I have every news website blocked. I have Reddit blocked. And a lot of the times I just take the browser off my phone. That is the easiest way. We, we value restraint. Our egos want us to value restraint. Oh, I'm self-disciplined and I can do whatever I want. So I'm just going to choose not to go do it. Bullshit. You're going to go do it. You're going to waste time. You're going to waste your time. We undervalue constraint. Make it harder for yourself to go waste time on that stuff. Nobody needs it. You'll find you have less anxiety. You'll enjoy being present. The people around you will like you more if they can get off their phones. It just, just leave your phone at home and see what happens. See what the difference of feeling like you're disconnected and freedom is. Because freedom really is, freedom is to some extent being disconnected from all the stuff around you. Kick this habit of being reachable all the time. Look back through your texts. See how many of those actually needed to come to you in that moment. See how many of them would have actually caused trouble if you waited an hour or two to see them and respond. People who know me now, they know if they really need something, you better call me three or four times in a row. I tell people openly, if I text you and I don't, if you text me and I don't get back in 24 hours, text me again. Just text me again and remind me. I'm not going to get mad about it. But the chances are it got pushed way down on my text because I do get a bunch of texts every day. And I just, I just forgot. It's not that I'm ignoring people, but I'm not going to prioritize my phone. I'm not going to jump every time I see something that I need to respond to. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to live my life that way. Look, I get it. Phones are here to stay. They're not bad. Our relationship to them is drastically out of balance and we're passing that on to the next generation and to the generation after that. Just take a little bit of time and examine your relationship with your phone. See if you're happy with it. If you are and your phone's causing you no trouble and nobody's ever said anything to you about, you know, maybe if you could just put your phone down or you, you have kids and you're 100% present, cool, ignore all this shit that I've said. You should probably skip this episode because it doesn't apply to you. But if you're like the rest of us, normal humans, who struggle with our relationship with our phone, just try these things. These are simple. These are concrete. You can put them into practice for zero dollars. And I'll tell you, if you do this and you struggle with it, that is the sign of an unhealthy relationship with your phone and you need to address it. I promise you'll, you'll be happier in life when your phone is not running the show. All right, so next week we're going to cover the last one that I really got a lot of emails about, and that was stay in your lane. The newsletter goes out every Friday. I get good feedback about that. You can sign up at my website, jamescotthenson.com. 
If you have something to say about the podcast or you want to suggest a topic, just shoot me an email, james at jamescotthenson.com. I would enjoy hearing from you. Take some time this week. Let yourself be bored. Let your mind wander. Enjoy the beauty of this world around you because it's really amazing. And I swear to God, it's more amazing than anything that's on your phone. Give it a try and see if I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm cool with that. I will look forward to talking to you next week. Take care.